there, welcome to Blockhead, the podcast where cartoonists talk comics and just about everything else. My name is Jeff Grogan, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so in a series of conversations with comics creators about their lives, their work, and comics. So sit back and enjoy. again gang welcome back to blockhead this is a special episode it's the year in review 2023 uh just a review of some comics that i picked up this last year that you may or may not have heard of may have picked up may have passed by most of which are done by independent cartoonists Uh, in fact i think all of them are independent uh products uh projects rather and uh, some of them come from kickstarter some of them don't Uh, But I thought, uh, as a way of ending the year, it might be kind of fun just to do a little bit of a review of some of the the work that I enjoyed this year that you may not have encountered. And so it might point you in their direction, hopefully, uh, as a way of supporting this medium we love so much and the independent creators, I think, that are really, really at the forefront of um, its health and well-being. Just me today uh, at the end of the year. There's uh, no guest, just me. So you got to put up with my monologue uh, over the next half hour or so. This is completely off the cuff. Uh, I'm, I'm just doing this without any notes or, or without any uh, forethought. So uh, just a stack of comics. So I, I hope you will bear with me uh, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. I do hope to get back on track with the podcast in 2024. I've got some ideas uh, and some of the things, you know, last year, 2023, I guess it's no secret, uh, was a difficult year for me. And that's part of, big part of why I got knocked off track in regard to the podcast. It it was just, you know, uh, not possible. Uh, Too many things happened. And and, uh, the biggest one was uh, the passing of my sister, Kathy, who uh, we lost in April, and, you know, just it, all my attention was really there and uh, and elsewhere. And, and we've had some other setbacks this year, too, so it's... it's um, and we did not escape de- December without a loss as well, so uh, it's it's been uh, a rocky road this year, and I hope you can forgive uh, my absence and uh, the absence of the podcast through all of that. But I do hope that this that 2024 is going to be a, a better year uh, for me personally. I hope it's a, a good year for you. I'm, I'm hoping the best for all of us. And uh, so uh, with all that out of the way, why don't we start talking comics and comics that um, I found fun, interesting, again, through Kickstarter or elsewhere. And uh, so first up is a comic from uh, Kickstarter, and it's from a group of independent cartoonists and writers uh, called Shape Comics, and they're at shapecomics.com. And this book is called Sonic Saturn, and I received at the, I think the beginning of 23, uh, a small mini-comic version of the what is going to be a larger comic. Uh, it's called Sonic Saturn Chapter 1 Into the Lion's Heart, and this is 36 pages, this little 
this little book uh, beautifully printed on newsprint it's got a really great retro feel uh, it's it's filled with bende dots great uh, flat coloring straight out of you know the late 50s early 1960s it's it you know it's in my wheelhouse it's what speaks to me and it's got this great uh, maybe early charlton sci-fi kind of 60s vibe that reminds me of um, of captain adam you know uh, steve ditko's wonderful uh, charlton comic book from the early 60s so it's got that vibe and the story is uh, this space age hero johnny estrella it's the year 5005 uh, he's out trying to fix a satellite someplace his rocket ends up marooned on this alien world that's filled with oversized reptile reptiles and monsters and it's leading somewhere but we're not quite sure where uh, it's only chapter one and there's a larger book that is coming out uh, hopefully soon that that was also a kickstarter at the beginning of 2023 and it's called uh, Sonic Saturn Book One in the Court of the Crimson King, and that should be coming out hopefully sometime this year. And that uh, brings uh, Chapter One and I suppose a whole pile of uh, follow-ups together in one big, uh, one big, big anthology format. And I'm looking forward to that. But uh, if you're really interested, you really if you love retro comics, you love that whole vibe. Sonic Saturn and all of Shape Comics really uh, satisfy that urge, <laughs> satisfy that itch. You should definitely check it out. Um, it's written by, let's see, a guy by the name of Tom Tomorrow, uh, or Tom Morrow, really. His name is Tom Morrow. Okay. And illustrated by uh, Anthony, uh, is that Carranza? I think it's Carranza. So uh, with a C. And uh, it's terrific. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it for folks who love that kind of retro vibe. So uh, look into it if you can at shapecomics.com. Second up are two projects that came from the hand of the one and only Dean Haspiel this year. And uh, two terrific projects. Um, COVID Cop, which was his first Kickstarter, I believe, this year. And Billy Dogma and Jane Legit. And uh, both of them were absolutely terrific, uh, wonderful work from Dean Haspiel, if you're familiar with Dean Haspiel, uh, who's done a lot of mainstream work in the past. And these are his first forays into Kickstarter, as I understand. And uh, he's really going full force into self-publishing. COVID Cop uh, is this great kind of dystopian film noir sci-fi vehicle that is set in a world where the, the viruses run rampant. And COVID Cop is more or less uh, on a mission, or he's been hired by the government uh, to uh, assassinate uh, those people who are carrying the virus. And so uh, he is the one-man <laughs> antidote to uh, the virus that's infecting uh, this world. And it's very much like Judge Dredd or uh, Sin City. Uh, Dean, in his story, compares it to uh, Mad Max as well. Uh, it, it's a it's a terrific, like I said, film noir esque piece. Um, it, beautiful cartooning by Dean Haspiel and uh, a terrific story. Great, you know, for those of us who are still recovering from uh, the pandemic, it's a, a really great expression of our communal kind of um, anxiety and uh, our wish to overcome, really, uh, by any means possible, the remnants of, of COVID. Billy Dogma and Jane Legit is 
an anthology of short stories featuring his signature characters, Jane Legit and, and Billy Dogma. And it's really, uh, this is a, a, a project that is straight from the heart, I think. This is a, a beautiful book uh, that is uh, really a love story. It's a love poem, if you will, and uh, although it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> um, and it's got that same great uh, kind of film noir narrator that Dean uses, and yet um, it, oh gosh, it, it, I don't even know how to express it. It, it it's, it's about a passionate affair that is both um, powerful, so powerful that it's it, it it's also incredibly destructive in its potential. Uh, it's both the salvation of these characters and it's also their ultimate destruction. It, it, it's it's neither or and it's both and and the, the stories are uh, visual. Uh, literal metaphors um, rather than straight-ahead narratives. And in this way, they really function like as a kind of comics poetry. And I can't really think of anything off the top of my head to compare it to. Uh, Just say that it is a really compelling book, and uh, it it just carries you along with the, the passion that just fills you know, it's if you've ever fallen in love madly and passionately and known it was uh, not exactly, um, you know, the best thing for you to be engaged in in that moment, but you can't help yourself, you know, because it's so much a part of your your chemical response is just something you can't overcome. It it is it's it embodies that its theme is that it 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 really is a wonderful wonderful book, uh, collecting these, these these stories. Some are very short. And I hesitate to call them stories because they're really so much more than that. They're really, they're really um, evocations of this enormous um, love story. And so you've really, if, and it's not a love story that is like anything you'll find in, uh, in traditional romance comics. It's something entirely different, and I can't recommend it highly enough. And you can get both of these books, along with a variety of other things from Dean, uh, at his Etsy store. And just look up Dean Haspiel, one word, that's D-E-A-N-H-A-S-P-I-E-L, on Etsy. You can get them there. Go there. Get them now, because I think these are both limited edition comics. And uh, I highly, highly recommend both of them. So check that out. Um, you know, I, I just can't say enough about them. I really, Billy Dogma is just, uh, and Jane Legit was just terrific. Just blew me away. And I love COVID Cop. And I can't wait to read more of it. So I, uh, we'll see. Dean, I think Dean's got something coming up again in January. I just got the newsletter. So be looking for that on Kickstarter. Another book that came out uh, this year that I absolutely, absolutely love is from a, one, of, one of my absolute favorite cartoonists in the world right now, and that's Pinko Joe or Christopher Spirandio uh, from Rice University. And this book is called, uh, oddly enough, This Year is Next Year's Last Year. <laughs> and if you like that title, you're going to love his work. Uh, if, if you're not familiar, Pinko Joe's been on the show before, uh, and uh, that was a great episode. And uh, I just, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know uh, that I loved, absolutely love his work. And I loved the Pinko Joe series of books. There's three books out that tell the story of Pinko Joe. And Chris's work 
uses, uh, you know, a very, very, again, a very retro style to deal with some very contemporary issues. And this year is next year's last year is a smaller book. It's like a um, pocket size book. Well, pocket size. I don't know what you call this. It's like it's digest size. That's the size. That, that's what I'm looking to say. And it's in his signature style. This kind of um, recycled is not really the proper word. He t- sort of he takes old comics imagery and puts it through this filter, the, the Christopher Sperandio filter, and uh, it's like a mashup of older styles and um, older technology with contemporary technology, and it's got this this unique look to it that is, it, it feels as though you're picking up a comic that has been, that is really, really old, uh, but has been somehow or another printed really distinctly and there's there's kind of smudging there's fudgy lines and all this kind of stuff that goes with this look it's a wonderful both these books pinko joe this book they're all great art objects and they they really come across as great comics art objects they're not just comics they're comics as artworks and uh and the artwork is is great throughout uh and it it partakes of this this you know style that I've talked about this retro um, regurgitated retro style it's been put through a kind of meat grinder if you will and come out the other side being very um, very old but very new at the same time so this book uh, it's not the continuation of the Pinko Joe story this is something new this is uh, this is really a ghost story and it's a ghost story that uses a, a refugee from Casper <laughs> uh, to tell the story of, of uh, January 6th and uh, how we got there and how we got out of there and it does so through very funny very oblique uh, storytelling that is also for being something very oblique is very straightforward and uh, so it, it it's no holds barred really in that regard Pinko Joe does not mince words when it comes to who's evil and who's good uh, in regards to January 6th uh, and what's going on in our politics so know that be warned ahead of time but I can't recommend this enough um, this year is next year's last year. I absolutely love it. Uh, I just reread it in preparation for this, and you know, it's even better the second time through. Again, it's a it's a three or four part ghost story, and it takes us through various stages of uh, developments uh, in the past year, from or the past few years really, from you know January sixth. It, it deals with that. It deals with the rise of uh, Christo fascism. It also uh, uh, the combination or the meeting of, of Christianity and fascism through the evangelical uh, movements, etc. It deals with um, Roe v. Wade and the fallout from that. So it's a really topical book, but it's funny. It is um, hard-hitting. It's wise. It's uh, wise-ass, and it's really terrific. So uh, you've got to check it out, pinkojoe.com. You can pick up Christopher Sprandio's work there, and uh, again, love it, absolutely love his, his work, and I can't wait for whatever happens next, Pinko Joe World, and you can follow him on Instagram at Pinko underscore Joe. Next on my list uh, is this terrific uh, set of comics that are coming from a guy by the name of Kurt Burdick. K-I-R-T-B-U-R-D-I-C-K. And I was turned on to this, as many were, uh, via cartoonist Kayfabe, of course, 
uh, yes, I, I watch it too, and uh, that's where I learned about this. And and of course, it's uh, as you may or may not know, it's a retelling, very idiosyncratic uh, retelling of what is ostensibly the death of Superman, uh, the the great battle uh, that leads to the death of Superman. From those comics, those of you who remember those comics from uh, the, the '90s, back back in the day, I can't believe it's been that long since the death of Superman. But uh, these are a no-holds-barred approach to that story, and he goes places that the DC Comics never could go. Uh, what's great about these works is it's not just the no-holds-barred approach to violence, and um, and I hesitate to call it eroticism or, or sexuality. There is that throughout the comic, but it's uh, it's not really titillating in the way of eroticism. It's it's um, something else entirely. And the books are the approach to the work visually, and it is it's a, they're silent comics for the most part, except for sound effects. Uh, it's it's from the point of view of art comics, if that term, if you remember the use of that term. Uh, which is something I'm really familiar with because I dealt in in uh, about ten years ago or so, did a bunch of art comics of my own. Uh, these emphasize the visuals over, I don't want to say over storytelling because story's still there, but they really emphasize the visual and the visual approach to storytelling, obviously, because there's no uh, text word balloons, no text throughout. Uh, and and a lot of it is just flat color, really graphic rendering, um, beautifully realized, like pop art paintings of this enormously violent battle uh, that the, the superhero is engaged in with this monster. And it's it treats violence like the, the basis for these extraordinary uh, pop art paintings, really. Um, it's like Death of Superman by Andy Warhol, by oh, via Johnny Craig and Bernie Wrightston, uh, all mixed in together. Really, um, it's 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 really powerful stuff, um, and it's it's bright, beautiful colors belie the uh, enormous and visceral uh, graphic violence that runs throughout. And this is not an endorsement of graphic violence. It's just an endorsement of, of comics that really, in their illustrations of violence, the, it's like a meta approach to, to violent um, comics. It, it's kind of violent comics that talk about the depiction of violence in comics, if, if you know what I mean by that. There's a, this um, double-edged sword. It's not violence for violence' sake. It's violence that is used as a, a vehicle for discussing or referencing the violence of superhero comics in general and the implications therein. And I find something really powerful in the combination of these bold, bright colors uh, with these, you know, gross uh, images, really, uh, powerful, visceral images uh, that are very, very graphic and explicit in a lot of ways. But uh, at the same time, they're being delivered through these, you know, r these candy-colored images. And so the illustration, you have to kind of take it and understand that the illustrations are really referencing the nature of violence in, in comics. And uh, very smart work, very interesting, very powerful stuff. And I highly recommend Death of Power, 
by Kurt Burdick. And uh, number three, I think, is was out on Kickstarter also. I don't know if there's going to... I think it's a three-issue series. The books are eight and a half by 11, I think, is the size. Um, and so they're oversized books, and uh, as they should be, really. And I think, again, it's three issues. Uh, I think it's three issues only. Uh, I'm not sure if you can get them anyplace else other than Kickstarter, uh, but they are, they are amazing. Um, so definitely look into this if you can. Uh, I, I, it's again, it's a very powerful, very powerful comics experience. Then I just got in the mail uh, this this book the other day. Again, I think uh, came to my attention via cartoonist Kayfabe, uh, Bootleg Spider-Man, which is really pretty cool. Comes from Superhero Comics. Uh, and this was originally printed in November 2022. Uh, it, its third printing is in December 2023. So it's hot. Uh, this issue that I just got is hot off the presses. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a ter- like like Kurt Burdick's work. This is, you know, the kind of Spider-Man story you really want to see um, that's never been done. And uh, it's in black and white for the most part. Uh, there's a little bit of color within it again it too is an oversized book it's again eight and a half by eleven and it's got a great fanzine feel to it um really it's it's got that old uh xerox quality to to it It, particularly on the front cover you know the imagery feels like it's been put through that kind of um too many printings of of uh, xeroxes that used to happen when you'd be working on a xerox machine uh, trying to do, you know, uh, a big number of zines from uh, on the photocopier. <laughs> it's got that kind of vibe to it. Uh, and it's really, again, very vital, very uh, energetic. The artwork is very... What it lacks in finesse, it, it makes up for in passion and in uh, expressive quality. And, um, again, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's... It's uh, just unlike anything that's out there right now in regards to Spider-Man. So I think you'd you'd really dig it. Check it out. Um, Superhero Comics at superherocomics.com. That's one word. Superherocomics.com. Well, let's see now. What else have we got over here in our our big stocking, our Christmas stocking? We've got True Crime Funnies from uh, Jim Rugg. And uh, Jim, of course, always offers, you know, terrific work. And um, this book is also no less one of those terrific comics. It is uh, uh, two stories within this comic. Uh, First is sort of a a detective uh, drug story. It's uh, uh, and it's in full color. Uh, Got a retro feel, as uh, sometimes Jim's work does. And it's a, it's just great classic film noir with a little uh, tongue in cheek, um, and then it's followed up by a terrific black and white story that's set in the late uh, in the eighteen nineties uh, in the Yukon, and it's a bit of a wrestling story, which is a lot of fun too. Again, beautifully illustrated by Jim, uh, and his. His inks are, are wonderful. Uh, it's wonderful to see his work in black and white in the last story. Uh, and the, the, Because he he's done some of the cartooning with, with marker, so you get this wonderful variation in some of his solid blacks that is really just so nice, very painterly. Um, terrific, beautiful uh, book, a lot of fun, and I uh, highly recommend it.
You can find that at uh, jimrug.com. Well, Jay Stevens' Wonderful Dwellings uh, series, Jay's been on the podcast before, so you you're, you know about Dwellings, uh, wrapped up its, uh, what is it, six-issue run uh, this last year. And uh, it's moved over to anthologies at Oni Press, where you can you can pick it up there if you've never bought it before. Um, but it, it's great work. It's a cartoonist working at the top of his game all the way through. Dwellings is just a real tour de force from Jay Stevens, and I can't um, you know it's and it's horror comics through a Harvey Comics lens, and uh, that kind of combination, that mashup, really between the two, makes for some terrific terrific comics. So I'd look into that. If you haven't had a chance to get Dwellings, you weren't there for any of the Kickstarters, you can get it from Oni Press now. And I think there's an even bigger anthology of the work coming out in the new year. So look for Jay Stevens' Dwellings um, in hardcover format, I believe, in 2024. That'll be on Amazon. Um, I think you can pre-order it on Amazon now. So check it out. Be sure to look for that. Another book I can't uh, that came out this year uh, that I think is really exciting and a lot of fun in a much more traditional comic strip style is uh, my good friend Pat Sandy's book, which uh, Block Party, which came out this year, and it's the second in the Next Door Neighbors comic strip collection. And uh, Pat was on the show just recently, so you should know all about the book uh, there, but it is a laugh riot. <laughs> um, every page is really hilarious, and I, I highly recommend Block Party. By Pat Sandy. And then finally, a uh, great friend of the show, uh, Lex Fajardo, had new work that came out this last year. Uh, Kid Beowulf, Songs and Sagas. I just got that in the mail, and that is a great uh, anthology of short stories. Uh, Kid Beowulf short stories that are just so. Uh, and I just started reading this, but they are as lively and adv- filled with adventure and humor as Kid Beowulf always is. And uh, if if you love that kind of um, Asterix approach to uh, to adventure comics, that famous old comic, um, you know, from France, uh, Asterix. If you love that approach, you're going to love Kid Beowulf. Uh, it, it, they are really wonderful stories for all ages. Speaking of that, um, Lex did come out with a children's book uh, a year or so ago called Ham of the Pig's Big Adventure, uh, which is a terrific, beautiful children's book, and uh, I highly recommend it. It's really a wonderful book. Uh, you can go to kidbeowulf.com. Uh, that's K-I-D-B-E-O-W-U-L-F.com to check it out. Um, there's actually even, you can even get a plush toy of Ham of the Pig, which is just so wonderful. I love it. Uh, and I love that book. Uh, I think it might be my favorite so far of the Kid Beowulf uh, stories. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, it's so bright and so colorful, and the artwork is great, and it really is just, you know, there's this beautiful meeting of, of Lex's approach to comics and that story, and uh, so I highly recommend it if you haven't read it. Uh, and all the Kid Beowulf books are, are just terrific. And they're all available at kidbeowulf.com. 
Well, that is a lot of stuff to go over in uh, 25 minutes or so, 20 minutes or whatever. I have been busy myself uh, as well. Uh, I'm hard at work at a variety of things. Uh, but last year, I put out a book called um, Captain Daiquiri Jones and the Space Rockets. And this was on Kickstarter, and it was a successful Kickstarter. It's also available on my Etsy shop, which is... Uh, what the heck is the title of my Etsy shop? It's not Jeff Grogan. It's, um, it's Comics Print Works. Uh, that's the name of the shop on Etsy. Comics Print Works. That's one word. Uh, and you can get a, a variety of stuff from me there. Uh, and uh, at Etsy. Etsy... What is it? Etsy.com slash shop slash comics print works, one word. Uh, and Daiquiri Jones, again, It's I guess this is a new thing, man, the 8.5 by 11 book. Uh, it also is 8.5 and, and 11. It's golden age size. And it is ostensibly, well, it is um, a reprinting of a book from the early 1950s from a company called the Have a Banana Comics Company. And uh, it is part of a, a thing called the Have a Banana Research Project, which is an endeavor uh, that brings together uh, a lot of work from the history of this, um, what is it, uh, unsung uh, comics company from the 20th century. Was there at the beginning of uh, beginning of the comics era, along with uh, in DC and Marvel. It was uh, uh, originally a pulp publisher and became a comics publisher. And Captain Daiquiri Jones and the Space Rockets is from the early 1950s. Was originally a pulp hero. Strangely enough, this particular issue, uh, which was number nine of Captain Daiquiri Jones. Uh, somehow or another seems to channel some contemporary political issues as well. So, um, very interesting. Anyway, uh, it features two stories, Captain Daiquiri Jones and Vicky Venus, Teenage Alien, uh, which is a kind of, uh, alien, uh, on Earth story, like My Favorite Martian, through an Archie Comics kind of lens. Anyway, um, I'm pretty proud of that comic. It was a lot of fun to put together and put out. I'm hoping to do something similar this year, uh, follow up, because that story of the Have a Banana uh, Comics Company goes on. There's a lot to it, and uh, some more will be coming from them in uh, the new year. Uh, and and to spe speaking of that, I've also got a Kickstarter going right now as part of um, Kickstarter's Make 100 campaign. I wasn't going to do anything, but, you know, I, I had this stuff laying around, some work that I was, I was doing uh, without any thought to publishing it or printing it. I was doing, I've been doing this um, political satire, a series of st strips on my Instagram account, and I wasn't going to do anything with them, but this Make 100 thing came up at Kickstarter, and I thought, well, this is an opportunity to put some of that stuff out there in the world in print. And so I'm going to do a tabloid newspaper that'll be about 20 pages long, and it features this series of comics that are called Donut and the Cheeseburger, a uh, the race for the White House 2024. And it is a, a satire of our current, current political situation and the race for the White House between President Donut and the maniacal uh, former President Cheeseburger. And if that sounds of interest to you, then definitely check out uh, the Kickstarter, which begins January 2nd. 
uh, right after New Year's, January 2nd, and runs for 30 days. And there are only 100 issues, 100 copies of this comic that will be made available. Uh, and then that'll be it. No more. It is uh, uh, so I'm, I'm excited about it because it's fun to new, do newsprint again. Uh, because these are fun comics, because they're very topical and very timely. And what else can a cartoonist do uh, when the fate of the entire Republic is on the line but do comics? And so uh, this is my, um, my foray, my contribution to that, if you will. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, I'm a big, big... I love donuts in all varieties, and I don't eat meat. So that sort of tells you where it's all coming from. Uh, before you invest your time. So, uh, again, that is on Kickstarter beginning January 2nd. You can head on over to my Instagram right now, at GreenScreenComic, and you can go to the link in the bio, and you can follow uh, the uh, and be notified when the project launches um, if, you, if you follow that link on my Instagram, at GreenScreenComic. Uh, that will take you right there to the Kickstarter, and it'll note if you, you know, follow the project, you'll be notified on the launch. So, again, uh, you know, you can get my work. You can get copies of Daiquiri Jones. You can get my Plastic Baby Heads complete collection. You can get some prints and other things at Comics Print Work on Etsy. Comics Print Works rather on Etsy, uh, and you can pick up. Again, uh, a variety of other things as well. And um, go to Kickstarter and check out my, my new uh, Make 100 project, which is, uh, I think, a lot of fun. And uh, it should come out, oh, sometime in the middle of the new year. And if it goes well, I'll do a second issue of it that covers the entirety, uh, the last half of the campaign for the White House. And uh, that's assuming that... Um, you know, we'll still have freedom of the press when it comes when uh, January of uh, 2025 comes around. So until then, um, until the new year and until Blockhead comes back, uh, I wish you well and I wish you a happy new year wherever you are. And I hope 2023 was good for you. And I hope 2024 is as wonderful as uh, you want it to be wherever you are. Um, and that'll do it for now. I hope to be back really soon with a guest talking comics as usual. And uh, hopefully that'll be soon. So until then, be well, be healthy. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.